0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Virtual Legality. I'm your host, Richard Hogue, managing member of the Hogue Law Business Law Firm of Northville, Michigan. And you might be wondering why there's an Activision Blizzard logo on your screen, especially if you think you clicked on something that was about the Federal Trade Commission. There was a meta logo, a Facebook kind of concept in there, looked like some kind of fitness app on the picture. Well, that's because Activision Blizzard, which of course we've been covering at length here in Virtual Legality, is at the core of the concerns that have arisen in the last 24 or 36 hours because the Federal Trade Commission has brought a lawsuit or more specifically has asked for an injunction of Facebook's acquisition of a little company called Within that makes a little fitness app called Supernatural for the little amount, at least as far as these things go, of about $400 million. And the Federal Trade Commission has sought to block it. Not a $70 billion acquisition like the ones at issue with respect to Microsoft and Activision, not even a $4 billion acquisition like the one that the FTC just allowed to sail through with respect to Sony and PlayStation's purchase of Bungie and their Destiny 2 product. No, nope, this is $400 million in a very specific market, the VR fitness app market. And that raises a whole host of questions with how the Federal Trade Commission is going to deal with basically every transaction that might otherwise cross its desk in the near term. So with that as a backdrop, I do want to frame out the issue as potentially affecting all of the analysis that we've done here, that others have done about Microsoft and Activision, because if a deal like this can be blocked, I think it becomes very, very difficult to analyze what the Federal Trade Commission might otherwise decide to do. With that said, we're going to dive into the law. We're going to talk about this lawsuit. You can tell from the thumbnail, I disagree mightily with what the Federal Trade Commission has put forth here. And I don't think that anyone can accuse me of being a cult of personality fan of Mark Zuckerberg's or just a fan of Facebook or Meta in general, especially since this week we did an episode on what we viewed to be a grave mistake by Meta in increasing the prices of its Quest headset line by $100 at both the 128 megabyte or gigabyte and 256 gigabyte levels, which honestly, if we're really looking at how meta is operating, looks more like a monopolistic behavior, something that is a violation of the Antitrust Act, than what we are going to discuss today. Maybe the FTC is just hitting what's in front of it. Either way, This causes me great concern. So what are we talking about? We're talking about, as we have before, Section 7 of the Clayton Act, where the FTC or the DOJ, the Department of Justice, look at whether or not somebody buying somebody else has the effect of substantially lessening competition or tending to create a monopoly. That's your watch phrase here, right? And again, we've said it in virtually reality before, monopolies in and of themselves aren't illegal. It's that the antitrust laws prevent you from making certain acquisitions that tend to go that direction and prevent you from behaving like someone that can control markets with your monopoly powers. Uh, And so monopolistic behavior is illegal. Being a monopoly that otherwise is just very, very competitive is not. And that's the struggle with actually interpreting antitrust laws and situations that might otherwise fall under the ambit of antitrust laws and has been since they were initially crafted. What is really, really aggressive competition and how does that differ from monopolistic behavior that ends competition? Because at a fundamental philosophical level, being really aggressively competitive looks a lot like trying to kill your rivals in their sleep, right? So that's what we're looking at here is that the Federal Trade Commission has before it a deal for about $400 million where Facebook would acquire this company called Within and does that purchase substantially less than competition or have a tendency to create a monopoly? Now, we also need a little other bit of law here. Here's a section that says whenever the commission, that's the FTC to you and I, has reason to believe that a person is going to violate a law that is otherwise covered by the Federal Trade Commission and enjoining that behavior would be in the interest of the public, then they may bring a suit in District Court of the United States to enjoin any such act or practice and upon a proper showing that the commission has a likelihood of ultimate success They can get a temporary restraining order or preliminary injunction, provided that they actually file what would be their real complaint within 20 days. And that's what's before us. That's what's been announced. That's what's been covered by The Verge and CNN and MSNBC and Fox News and everyone else in the last 24 hours is a lawsuit to ask for a temporary restraining order and preliminary injunction because they don't have their actual complaint ready to go. They're just asking the court to stop what would be a deal closing at the end of this month. To give the federal trade commission time to actually put their formal complaint together so here they say the federal trade commission by its designated attorneys petitions this court for a temporary restraining order and preliminary injunction in meta from consummating its proposed acquisition of within absent such relief meta mr zuckerberg and within have represented that they would be free to consummate the acquisition after 11 59 pm eastern time on july 31st 2022 or i suppose august uh, so Facebook has put to the FTC that their timer is up on their second request, and that's another issue that we've talked about with respect to Microsoft and Activision is the FTC getting pressured to actually finish these reviews at some point in time. Uh, But we'll talk more about that when we look at the timing a little bit. Under the act that we just looked at, we can seek preliminary injunctive relief to prevent the consummation of a merger until the commission has had an opportunity to issue an administrative complaint, and if such complaint is issued, adjudicate that merger's legality in an administrative proceeding. They want to actually have a formal process here. Preliminary injunctive relief is imperative to preserve the status quo and to protect competition, and allowing the acquisition to proceed would harm competition. Overall, that's your thesis. Right. If you're the Federal Trade Commission, Facebook wants to buy this company, you have an obligation to only block things when you find that it will substantially lessen competition. So you tell the court it would harm competition. But obviously, we need more details. Now, one note, as you can already see on your screen right here, is that there's an awful lot here that is redacted. Uh, And I think it primarily relates to kind of the business concepts here, the stuff that the Federal Trade Commission would have collected in order to talk about business issues overall. But we're not going to get to see those. And there are huge sections of this document that are, in fact, redacted. But we start out with what they describe as the nature of the case. Meta, one of the largest technology companies in the world and blank provider of virtual reality devices and applications in the United States, seeks to acquire within a software company that develops apps for VR devices, including the highly popular blank fitness app, Supernatural. I don't know what this is, a market percentage, perhaps. If consummated, the acquisition would substantially lessen competition or tend to create a monopoly. Where? In the relevant market for VR-dedicated fitness apps and the broader relevant market for VR fitness apps. Now, if you know Facebook, If you know Meta, if you know Quest, if you know VR, one of the things that should jump out at you right now is, hey, does Meta actually have a dedicated fitness app? I don't think that they do. Because one of the things that you are really concerned with, if you're the FTC or you're the DOJ, if you're any other regulatory body, is the merger of rivals, right? That you're going to get rid of competition because somebody is in a market and they're trying to get rid of their competitors. Here, we will see... The Federal Trade Commission tries to bounce between two separate notions. One, that Facebook really isn't in the dedicated fitness app market at all right now. And this would be their entry point. And two, that Beat Saber, the musical lightsaber swinging video game, is in fact a fitness app. And you might have some questions on that. I certainly do. We'll get to them. Meta is a big company. In recent years, it's set its side on building and ultimately controlling a VR metaverse. Meta's campaign to conquer VR began in 2014 when it acquired Oculus. Meta's Quest Store has become blank distribution platform for VR software apps in the United States. Don't know what that says. Meta controls the wildly popular app Beat Saber. Wildly popular here doing some work. Wildly popular VR app. Not the same as wildly popular in basically any other function of entertainment stats. Everything the Federal Trade Commission is going to say in this document is going to skip on the concept that VR is nascent in and of itself, that it's an industry that basically just started and that when we talk about what is concentrated in that market or industry is maybe not as useful as when we talk about concentration or stability of market ownership or anything else in a mature industry that has settled down and that you have market participants that are known. In addition to Beat Games, Meta owns a number of other VR apps, some of which it developed in-house, but most of which it acquired by rolling up other app studios. Here's the Federal Trade Commission's first instance of discussing and describing what is a relatively standard practice in the technology fields. Now, I want to get my tilts here. I want to get my biases, as I like to do. As I said on Twitter when discussing this when it first broke, I am a business lawyer. I have a background in mergers and acquisitions, and more specifically, I have a background in venture capital-backed companies, early-stage tech companies that have to get business models off the ground, have to get money in the door. And one of those business models, not all of them, but one of them is a proof-of-concept kind of company, that you're going to take a bit of technology that maybe isn't commercialized, you're going to put a company around it, you're going to get some investment dollars, you're going to show that it works. But... Your actual business model, were you to take it to complete fruition, would require so much more money that your ultimate goal is to get bought by a strategic investor, to actually prove that this thing has a commercial viability, prove that there are customers that would be willing to get it, but you can't spool it up yourself. You can't otherwise go through any number of costs. It can just be manufacture, of course, but it can also be regulatory concerns and things of that nature. So a number of companies that exist in the United States around the country exist primarily to show that technology can work and then get bought up i tend to think of this and it's been described in other locations as effectively outsourced r d right if you're a big strategic company you don't necessarily want to do the r d on something yourself and you don't want to take the risks potentially that uh, that money is all burnt in a fire if it doesn't work out you'd rather have investors around the country risking their money for that purpose and when something works out okay that was like an r d team that you had otherwise told to do this you go spend the money you bring them in-house and honestly if everything is working properly that can be a very functional and efficient way for capital to actually find commercial opportunities with new technology and that's how a lot of industries actually work here facebook is following a similar kind of pattern Others have great ideas in VR. We're going to take the best ideas and we're going to potentially offer them a very lucrative exit ramp. And if that's working, as you can imagine, the people that would otherwise come up with those ideas and run those companies that like to be serial entrepreneurs or just otherwise go out there and not be under the yoke of a company like Facebook have an incentive to go and succeed because ultimately they can get the payday that they want from selling to the Facebooks of the world. Now that's not everybody. We'll see some people fight about whether or not that is in fact the case in every instance, but it is in fact the case in some instances. That fact cannot be disputed. And if you kill the ability for investors that are putting the highest risk money into small companies to realize that exit, well, don't be surprised when what you punish becomes much, much less prevalent. And we'll talk more about that as we continue, Meta has thus become a key player at each level of the VR ecosystem in hardware with its MetaQuest 2 headset, in app distribution with the Quest Store, and in apps with Beat Saber and several other popular titles. This is not by accident. Meta has an explicit strategy of... Meta could have chosen to try to compete with Within on the merits. Instead, Meta decided it preferred to simply buy Supernatural Within in a vitally important fitness category. I I don't know. These redactions are overbroad for whatever it is that they are talking about uh, in this particular document. But here's where we get the second part of the Federal Trade Commission's kind of shade towards Facebook slash Meta. And it's that you could have decided to compete yourself. And we're going to see that as one of the major components of this very novel legal document that is blocking this transaction or trying to do so, asking the judiciary to block it. And that is you could have done something else. That is at the bottom line, not what the antitrust laws are designed to do. The antitrust laws are not designed to walk in and say, you could have done something better with your resources. You could have competed directly, especially when you're talking about someone that isn't participating in the current market and is buying outsourced R&D, which is competition in that market. It is investment in that market. It is growing who is involved in that market. And the Federal Trade Commission is not buying it in a very odd reading of what is happening in this particular context. Now, with that, as our kind of early introductory background, I do want to talk a little bit about how the antitrust laws in the United States work, right? So I pulled up a commentary document on the horizontal merger guidelines. These are current as of 2010. We've seen that Lena Khan of the Federal Trade Commission, others have said that they want to completely revise the horizontal merger guidelines. They want to revise the vertical merger guidelines. They want to look at all of this with new eyes and evaluate antitrust law differently. But at least for the last number of decades, this commentary is basically the way antitrust has been viewed in the United States. The core concern of the antitrust laws, including as they pertain to mergers between rivals, is the creation or enhancement of market power. In the context of sellers of goods or services, market power may be defined as the ability profitably to maintain prices above competitive levels for a significant period of time. Market power may be exercised, however, not only by raising price, but also, for example, by reducing quality or slowing innovation. In addition, mergers also can create market power on the buying side of the market, what we usually refer to now as monopsony power. Most mergers between rivals do not create or enhance market power. we to say that again. Most mergers do not create or enhance market power even when they are rivals. You don't otherwise become somebody that can control an entire market solely because you are merging together. Many mergers, moreover, enable the merged firm to reduce its costs and become more efficient, which in turn may lead to lower prices, higher quality products, or investments in innovation. However, the agencies challenge mergers that are likely to create or enhance the merged firm's ability, either unilaterally or through coordination with rivals, which really isn't the accusation here, to exercise market power. That's the fundamentals here, is that we are concerned that after a transaction, somebody could be able to jack up the price or reduce the quality or get rid of access for certain people or whatever it might be, just never ever work on it again. It stagnates the technology and we don't want that to happen. But when you're talking about someone joining a market, new and with resources and saying, well, they should have just built up something themselves, you really start to put your thumb on the scales if you're a government agency And in a way that I don't know that I have ever seen before, it's certainly been a long time since I have seen an agency advance arguments like this, especially for such a small deal in such a small, very, very volatile and growing market and in this capacity. As Meta fully recognizes, says the FTC, network effects on a digital platform can cause the platform to become more powerful and its rivals weaker and less able to seriously compete as it gains more users, content and developers. Some might call that competition. The acquisition of new users, content, and developers each feed into one another, creating a self-reinforcing cycle that entrenches the company's early lead. This market dynamic can spur companies to compete harder in beneficial ways, by example, for adding useful product features or hiring additional employees. But it can also make anti-competitive strategies more attractive. Here's another interesting tidbit from what the Federal Trade Commission is putting forward in this document. There will be a number of references here. I don't know that we caught them all as we go through the highlights about hiring additional employees, more labor, more employment being its own good. And this is very interesting because we have had leaked to us as part of the analysis in Microsoft Times Activision that the Federal Trade Commission is very concerned about labor. And the antitrust laws have not traditionally ever been focused on that topic. We have labor laws for that topic and it should be immediately apparent why that is. The section we just read, the way antitrust laws have been historically interpreted for a very, very long time in the United States is all based around consumer welfare. What actually halts innovation? What actually stagnates the technology? What increases the price, the bottom line price for people? That's the best way that we on the outside trying to predict what will happen in a merger can use the antitrust laws to protect people, to protect the consumer. It's the best way that competition is shown. Hiring additional employees is not in and of itself competition. It's not in and of itself a good. In fact, if you were to take an economist out to eat, buy him some drinks, you'd find that labor in and of itself is something to be avoided. If we could make that widget, that sprocket, that video game console without anybody and just use robots and it was far cheaper... At a competitive level, that would be better. Here, the FTC says we want labor. We want people to be employed. But that is, while still a good that we talk about a lot, we want people to have jobs. We want people to feel fulfilled in their livelihoods and whatnot. Not in and of itself, something that the antitrust laws are either stated to accomplish or really effective at accomplishing. And this starts to combine, in my eyes, a certain amount of policy that the Federal Trade Commission is trying to impose on what is otherwise its legal ambit of enforcing the antitrust laws. Then you get some quotes from Facebook that are pretty innocuous uh, in all things. Meta seeks to exploit the network effects dynamic in VR. Indeed, Mr. Zuckerberg has made clear that his aspiration for the VR space is control of the entire ecosystem. As early as 2015, Mr. Zuckerberg instructed key Facebook executives that his vision for the next wave of computing was control of apps and the platform on which those apps were distributed, making clear in an internal email to key Facebook executives that a key part of this strategy was for his company to be completely ubiquitous in killer apps i.e. insignificant VR apps that prove the value of the technology. In that same email, Mr. Zuckerberg told his executives that Facebook should use acquisitions opportunistically. That again, if we're giving Facebook the benefit of the doubt, which the Federal Trade Commission is clearly not, sounds a lot like competitive behavior. We want to be more involved in this industry. We want to be investing more in this industry. We want to be ubiquitous in killer apps. We want to use acquisitions opportunistically. We want to get those things done sounds a lot like competition. And to make the case that it isn't, to make the case that it is somehow monopolistic, the Federal Trade Commission has some work to do. The proposed acquisition of Within would be one more step along that path towards dominance. According to Within's co-founder and CEO, fitness is the killer use case for VR. But instead of choosing to compete on the merits through its own VR-dedicated fitness app, Meta has resorted to proposing this unlawful acquisition. This language is that of Facebook dedicated fitness app runner killing one of its rivals in the already existent dedicated fitness app uh, market. That is not what is happening here. They have co-opted the language that is about rivals competing in a given market and mandated in all opportunistic effect that Facebook has to compete only by building up from, ironically, within rather than purchasing within. Also, you can see here that the quote they use is that of Within's co-founder and CEO that fitness is the killer use case for VR. The person that one presumes in the history here is trying to sell his company and sell his company's product. Yes, it's the killer use case, investors. This is where you want your money to be put. And so using the absolutely 1,000% self-bias statements of the Within co-founder to establish the importance of this non-existent, tiny, tiny market of dedicated VR fitness apps is wild. If Meta is able to proceed with this proposed acquisition of Within, the merger poses a reasonable likelihood of substantially lessening competition in the market for VR dedicated fitness apps. Having simply bought up the competition, I don't know, Meta would no longer have any incentive to develop its own competing app from scratch add new features to Beat Saber or other existing meta apps to compete with Supernatural on the merits. Yes, it would own Supernatural at that point in time. But the positing here by the Federal Trade Commission that Beat Saber, of all things, will no longer get support from Facebook when they spend $400 million to buy this dedicated fitness app from within is crazy, right? You don't have to be a big video gamer, you don't have to be a big VR aficionado to understand that Beat Saber continues to get support because Beat Saber is popular and Beat Saber will continue to be popular because it is not in competition with Supernatural that sells itself on being a fitness app on a subscription basis and doesn't feature lightsabers and neon lights. But I digress. They say that lessening of competition violates the antitrust laws. Moreover, a company poised on the edge of a market may exert competitive pressure on existing participants. Here is where they give away the game. Facebook isn't participating in this market right now. They are potentially poised on the edge, although that is very much in the eye of the beholder here, the FTC. Regardless of whether such a company actually intends to enter... The possibility that it may do so can spur other companies already in the market to proactively ramp up their own competitive efforts. Facebook sitting on the precipice of this market, they could enter, the Goliath could enter the room, is more competitive than they're entering the room. The theory of the FTC's case is that by actually entering into the competitive arena, they have made things worse. And while novel, many props to coming up with an argument like this FTC It is not the kind of argument that is likely to find much purchase in the judiciary, but that seems no never mind to them. Meta, poised on the edge of the VR-dedicated fitness app market with its popular Beat Saber app and with all its vast resources and unique strategic advantages, more on that at the end of this document, exerts such an influence. Big redacted sentence. The acquisition would eliminate that incentive for market participants to compete, again, in contravention of the antitrust laws. Facebook getting invested in a market that is otherwise tiny will disincentivize the other market participants to compete with Facebook? Question mark? When viewed against the backdrop of the broader VR fitness app market, because we know we don't have a great case for actually saying that Facebook is in the first market, which includes both dedicated or deliberate fitness apps and apps such as rhythm and active sports games that provide an incidental fitness benefit, the merger is no less anti-competitive. It should be, Uh, Just in terms of math, that denominator should be bigger since you're dragging in, I don't know, Nintendo Switch sports uh, into this kind of thing, except for the VR portion. Letting meta acquire Supernatural would combine the makers of two of the most significant VR fitness apps, as long as you think that's what Beat Saber is, thereby eliminating beneficial rivalry between Beat Saber and Supernatural. Accordingly, this acquisition poses a reasonable probability of eliminating both present and future competition. You don't just make your argument FTC by throwing an accordingly at the top of the sentence. And so you should give us injunctive relief because we're going to win this case and we don't want them to otherwise close their transaction. We have jurisdiction because of course we do. And then we're going to talk a little bit about what Meta is doing in VR. Meta's best-selling VR hardware product to date is the MetaQuest 2, while its best-selling VR software product is the wildly popular Beat Saber, which was initially released by Beat Games, a studio that Meta acquired in 2019. Meta continues to add new downloadable content to Beat Saber, for example. It recently added a Lady Gaga music pack available for a $12.99 add-on fee. Well, That means that they're continuing to support it while Supernatural exists. The notion that they won't support it anymore once they purchase Supernatural is, again, bonkers, but the Federal Trade Commission is not staying in any of its logical coloring lines uh, at this point in time when we get to this portion of the document. Now, that all said, Beat Saber is very popular. Facebook bought beat. Facebook buys companies that make very popular things is not the silver bullet that I think the Federal Trade Commission should otherwise be looking for. And it's also important to note that when we're talking about markets, Beat Saber, if it's a fitness app, isn't otherwise controlling that market on the fitness level, at least as far as we can tell. Supernatural offers over 800 fully immersive VR workouts, each set to music and located in a virtual setting like the Galapagos Islands or the Great Wall of China. Supernatural's workouts are fitness classes that customers can access by paying a monthly subscription fee of $18.99 or a yearly subscription fee of $179.99. So Beat Saber is a game that you buy and that you get music packs to add on to for existing specific one-time fees. Supernatural is not a lightsaber based music game, although it does get set to music and features an entirely different mode of business in a subscription service context. What's interesting to me about this is that when we talk about things like Microsoft and Activision, one of the ways that we actually differentiate markets is how the damn things are sold. And this shows that Supernatural is in an entirely different kind of concepted out market. A subscription fee is hitting a different audience with different needs and different reactions than selling a game like Beat Saber to people. And yet the FTC just blows right past this. They just summarize this and say, oh yeah, they're the same. They're the same. Absolutely. The VR industry is currently characterized by a high degree of innovation and growth. Why do we think that is? Certainly, Facebook and Meta are a part of that conversation. And if it is certainly characterized by a high degree of innovation and growth, the other problem is market definitions on the whole, right? Market definitions were always going to create a problem here. We've talked about it in virtual legality in the past, but you can define a monopoly into existence by defining the market small enough. And we usually use the example here, if I have monopoly control of the market, in virtual legality episodes. I'm the only person that makes them. I have total and complete control of that particular market. You're not gonna change away if I add another commercial break in the middle, which is I guess the equivalent of profiting off of these videos because there's no substitute for virtual legalities. Now, of course, that is an idiotic market because substitutes abound both for YouTube legal commentary, real legal commentary, video game commentary, commentary from people with hats, whatever it might be, there is no question that should you decide you don't like this video, you can click to the next one. And it is a ludicrous notion to suggest that virtual legality market is a market at all. Similarly, when you're actually defining these markets, you are again trying to capture the notion of when does market power accrue? What are the competitive effects? Right? Another paragraph here says, At the center of the agency's application of our guidelines is competitive effects analysis. That inquiry directly addresses the key question that the agencies must answer. Is the merger under review likely to substantially lessen competition? To this end, the agencies examine whether the merger of two particular rivals matters. That is, whether the merger is likely to affect adversely the competitive process resulting in higher prices, lower quality, or reduced innovation. You don't just pick things out of a hat without otherwise evaluating substitutes and consumer reactions and pricing reactions and supply and demand curves and all that thing. Now, this is an inherently predictive process. It's a little Oracle-esque. And the guidelines, introductions, things that the Federal Trade Commission and the Department of Justice have said in the past all indicate that. We understand. We are effectively prophesizing what will happen here. But because of that, this is a very important area of law to be cautious with. If you're going to guess at what's going to happen you better be really really sure that you're right and when you talk about an industry like vr that is currently characterized by a high degree of innovation and growth we don't have anything remotely like stability we don't have anything remotely like experimental mergers or anything over the past decades that we can use to evaluate what's going to happen here what can happen here what entrance might pop in where competition might come from and so in general the agencies have taken an approach that said well We should wait for market stability of some kind so that we don't mess up what is a competitive process that is weeding out the weak and helping the strong that are efficient and that are providing good value for customers to succeed. Instead, the FTC is jumping the gun and saying, yeah, that's fine. The market doesn't exist yet. It's highly concentrated because there's only a few participants in this tiny market that didn't exist a decade ago, and we're going to jump in and try to protect the status quo of a market that is in constant flux and innovation. They, of course, say Meta has shipped a bunch of VR headsets, 62% worldwide. They talk about the various games. They have a list here of the various effectively gaming companies uh, that Meta has purchased and the games that Meta has made. As Within's co-founder and CEO puts it, fitness is the killer use case for VR. They bring up again as if it were at all useful to this analysis. And now we get to the relevant antitrust market definition. Here's what the FTC thinks is relevant. The acquisition would substantially lessen competition or tend to create a monopoly in the relevant antitrust market for VR dedicated fitness apps in the United States. That is a very, very small market. The acquisition would also substantially lessen competition or tend to create a monopoly in the broader relevant antitrust market of VR fitness apps in the United States. That is, that includes what we want to talk about here, which is Beat Saber. So this is the strongest case because we narrowed the market so tinily that virtually any aspect of it is a monopolist that could potentially exert market power over a market that doesn't exist remotely on its own. But if we broaden it out to include Beat Saber, we still have a problem. So they talk about the dedicated fitness app market. Dedicated fitness apps offer distinct functionality when compared to other VR apps, including VR incidental fitness apps which would seem to kill the second half of their document where they try to compare them and put them into a single market, but the FTC presses on. VR-dedicated fitness apps are also typically offered using a distinct subscription-based pricing model. Yes, Uh, here's some more redactions. The VR-dedicated fitness app market does not include other products that are neither close substitutes for nor offered under similarly competitive conditions as VR-dedicated fitness apps. Here's where you lose me, FTC, as if you hadn't already. For example, it does not include non-VR at-home smart fitness solutions such as digitally connected exercise bikes, treadmills, weight machines, mobile phone apps, video games, or workout videos. I'm sorry. You mean to suggest to me that uh, Beat Saber equivalent, a fitness equivalent that uses the Kinect on the Xbox or otherwise evaluates you on video or that you watch a YouTube video of is not a substitute for doing fitness regimes with a VR headset strapped to your head. I'm going to need more information because VR hasn't existed long enough for what are the incumbent providers of fitness services to not be substitutes for the provision of fitness services. So you are ignoring what is the most likely and most troubling analysis that a court would enter into for this type of injunction request, which is uh, no, uh, people can decide between uh, your supernatural app and anything else. A gym membership, a treadmill, weights, a YouTube video, a video game that uses motion controls, uh, something on the Nintendo Switch, Nintendo Switch Sports, a lot of substitutes are being killed off right here. And that's not what this agency is supposed to do. This agency is supposed to take into account consumer activity and where they might go when they are analyzing the quote unquote hypothetical monopolist. Because it's important to note when those dollars, if you increase the price of something in your proposed market, leave. They flee. They go elsewhere, and they go to substitutes like basically anything else. So when we're talking about this, the the Federal Trade Commission's first sleight of hand is establishing a market that is so small that it almost completes the monopoly analysis by itself, but is so small that it goes beyond what the guidelines and antitrust law and historical antitrust enforcement would suggest which is, are the consumers really locked in to buying Supernatural? Or are they really locked into buying Supernatural or Beat Saber in the broader VR fitness market? Again, I think the answer to that is pretty obvious on its face. Functional, practical, technological, and price differences show that non-VR at-home smart fitness solutions and at-home exercise products are distinct from VR-dedicated fitness apps. VR offers a level of immersion that other at-home fitness experiences do not and cannot offer. Working out in Supernatural feels like you're a champion of a sport from the future. I love that and haven't felt that sense of athleticism ever on a treadmill or an exercise bike. Hmm, pretty good quote, FTC. Who's that from again? Oh, that's right. It's Within's co-founder and CEO selling his product and company. Again, not establishing anything here. I didn't pull it up as part of the guidelines commentary, but there's an entire section that says what we talk about as the market, as business people, does not matter to the antitrust analysis, that the antitrust analysis is specifically an economic analysis about substitutes and consumer behavior and hypothetical monopolists. And whatever the businesses say about who's in a market or not does not matter to the agencies and the agencies discount it. Not here, not this Federal Trade Commission. They say whatever the within guy said about his own product, well, that means it's real important. Okay. Okay. A Peloton Smart Bicycle, for example, costs over $1,000 with an additional $44 per month subscription cost compared to the cost of a $299 MetaQuest 2 plus $18.99 per month for Supernatural. It also weighs 135 pounds. Yes, a full-on Peloton exercise bike and a Quest 2, probably not in competitive environments. But we're not talking about the bike and the helmet. We're talking about the app for $44.1899 because it's already been purchased, the bike or the helmet. We're, We're not bringing a claim Federal Trade Commission about the hardware, are we? I thought we were talking about dedicated VR fitness apps. Now, when we talk about substitutes, we can talk about a whole lot more than buying a whole Peloton bike. We can talk about YouTube videos, which are often free. We can talk about subscription Fitness videos. We can talk about gym memberships. We can talk about a whole host of things that you say aren't important to somebody that wants to work out. You know it's pretty immersive? Outside. Outside's pretty immersive. Shoes. Maybe shoes are a substitute for a VR dedicated fitness app. But Federal Trade Commission doesn't want to have that conversation. They instead want to broaden it out. Beat Saber, baby. The category includes rhythm games like Beat Saber, Pistol Whip, and Oh Shape where a user must dodge, strike, or shoot targets along to music, as well as active sports games like Thrill of the Fight, a boxing simulator, basically anything you do in VR is in this market. Of course, that would be a little bit too broad for even the Federal Trade Commission. In a post on the Oculus website entitled Exercise by Accident, VR Games to Help You Work Out at Home, Meta extols the virtues of rhythm and sports games for physical exercise. While our first port of call for VR fitness is dedicated fitness apps like Supernatural and FitXR, you can get a surprising amount of exercise by accident with a bunch of the games below that require physical exertion, including Meta's own Beat Saber app. Meta classified the type of exercise offered by Beat Saber as full body aerobic the exact same type of exercise it listed for both Supernatural and Fit XR. Now, outside of what I just told you, that the businesses don't set the markets because that isn't economic analysis, that's marketing, you actually see Facebook and Meta talk about the differences. Our first port of call are something we talk about differently, but here's a thing that could also be used, which by the way, is a potential substitute that you are ignoring in your prior definition. But now in this definition, isn't exactly the same as the common product so you've basically blown off both feet while you're trying to analyze these two markets simultaneously the federal trade commission is on a roll in this document folks beat is featured prominently by facebook in talking about fitness for the reasons stated above with respect to the vr dedicated fitness app market the vr fitness app market also does not include non-vr at home smart fitness solutions like digitally connected exercise bikes treadmills weight machines mobile phone apps video games or workout videos Again, I can't tell you why other than that's the way they want it. Market concentration, they use the HHI index to say that the VR dedicated fitness app market is highly concentrated because it's tiny and brand new. If a merger combines two participants in a relevant market, thereby increasing the HHI by more than 200 points, you've got a problem. But the FTC has a problem in and of itself because as it admits in the sitting on the precipice analysis, Facebook isn't in this market. The acquisition is presumptively illegal with respect to the VR fitness app market. When analyzed within the broader market for VR fitness apps, in which both Meta's Beat Saber and Witness's Supernatural complete, the acquisition is presumed likely to enhance market power because it would significantly increase concentration and result in a highly concentrated relevant market. Note this sleight of hand. The VR dedicated fitness app market is highly concentrated, but we have one party that's not a participant in it at all and would be investing more money into that market And then we're going to talk about the other market, the VR fitness app market, and we're not specifically going to talk about HHI, except in this redacted line that we don't get to see. The acquisition is thus presumed likely to create or enhance market power and is presumptively unlawful under Section 7 of the Clayton Act. The section doesn't say anything about presumptive unlawfulness. In fact, we have admitted here that the courts aren't bound by this analysis or the guidelines at all. So... Again, we're getting into various issues here as the FTC advances this very, very novel legal argument. In addition to this presumption of illegality, additional evidence indicates that the acquisition may substantially lessen competition. I'm intrigued, FTC, tell me more. Anti-competitive effects in the VR-dedicated fitness app market. The acquisition would cause anti-competitive effects by eliminating potential competition from Meta. A company that isn't involved in the market, is eliminating itself from competition by investing in the market okay right so your evidence of uh, additional anti-competitive effects is is non-existent right this is all going to be premised on meta could have gotten in for themselves meta could have chosen and i'm quoting now To have built a VR dedicated fitness app from scratch, add dedicated fitness functionality to an existing app, comma, do something else we're not going to talk about. But they didn't. Meta has the financial resources to develop a dedicated fitness app on its own. Yeah, we can do a lot of things with capital, a whole bunch of stuff. But the Federal Trade Commission isn't supposed to be the final arbiter of what we decide to do. It's really only supposed to be determining whether what we did do is anti-competitive. Through its string of prior acquisitions, Meta already owns seven of the most successful VR development studios in the world, including Beat Games, the studio behind Beat Saber. And as of March 2021, Meta has nearly 10,000 employees housed within Reality Labs, its division devoted to virtual reality. Sounds like a good party to be involved in the dedicated fitness app market. Why wouldn't they decide to buy a company that had already done some of the R&D and gotten a head start? Kind of odd, Federal Trade Commission. Meta, formerly known as Facebook Inc., rebranded its entire business as Meta to reflect its focus on VR. This name awareness would facilitate Meta's organic entry into the VR-dedicated fitness app market. Now, Meta and Metaverse doesn't mean VR. So, Federal Trade Commission, you're wrong on its face. Although, I don't blame you because Facebook and Meta and Mark Zuckerberg and a whole other host of... uh, opinion writers on the metaverse have gotten portions of that wrong, but the metaverse is something distinct from VR. So I don't think this is the slam dunk case that you think it is, but I have no idea what the rest of your case is because look at this, folks. This is redacted like a CIA document here. What could this possibly be saying? Don't know. Facebook strategy, I imagine. Meta has also hired away the head of product for Supernatural at Within to work at Meta following the Supernatural launch. Now, This is interesting in of itself because Facebook has already purchased their product development lead, uh, and now they were essentially going and getting the rest of the company in order to make it smoother, to increase efficiencies, to get the consumer something better, one would assume. Uh, And so the Federal Trade Commission appears to be advancing the notion that Facebook should build things up from scratch, uh, expend more resources, reinvent wheels and I don't know, maybe hire everybody away separately rather than buying the whole company outright. I fail to see exactly how that helps consumers in any cognizable respect, but... That appears to be what the Federal Trade Commission would be intimating, were we to just take this to its natural conclusion. Accordingly, absent this anti-competitive acquisition, there is a reasonable probability that Meta would have exercised one of its other available options to enter the VR-dedicated fitness app market. And again, the antitrust laws are not designed to allow the FTC or the Department of Justice to say, you should have done this. That is not what any of this is about. And this is honestly the craziest argument that I have seen in one of these documents in a long, long time. It is reasonably probable that alternative entry by meta would substantially deconcentrate the market and have other pro-competitive effects. So based on the theory of nothing that we just established for pages and pages and pages, now we can talk about the fact that Facebook's not entering that market in the way we would prefer will have deleterious effects. Meta's entry into the VR dedicated fitness app market, whether by adding new features to one of its existing apps or developing a new VR dedicated fitness app from scratch would have the effect of substantially deconcentrating and increasing competition in the market. Wouldn't it be grand? Building instead of buying would entail developing additional expertise, undertaking product research and design, hiring more employees, and making other key investments. They are making an investment. They're proposing to make an investment in key employees. This is hiring employees. This is conducting research and design. It was just done in another entity first. This is what Facebook said they were doing. And yet it's not in exactly the right way that the Federal Trade Commission would have. And again, you see here the notion that more employees is somehow more competitive, which it isn't. Alternative entry by Meta would introduce a new competitor into the market with the backing of one of the world's largest, most well-resourced, and most experienced VR industry participants. The acquisition would eliminate the probability of of such entry. It would absolutely 1,000% effect such entry. Facebook buying within puts Facebook in that market. It makes their competition within that market a done deal. So yes, they won't come in separately as Meta. But what in the world are you talking about now, Federal Trade Commission? Within reasonably perceived uh, Meta as a potential entry to the VR dedicated fitness app market. Again, this is the precipice argument. Witness uh, within the company that was making supernatural thought that Facebook or Meta might come in, perceives Meta as a potential entrant. Redacted, redacted, redacted. Meta's presence as a perceived potential entrant likely influences competition in the VR dedicated fitness app market. The acquisition would eliminate that competitive influence. Facebook would be joining the market. That doesn't eliminate competitive influence. This is crazy talk right now. Beat Saber and Supernatural are competitors in the VR fitness app market. In part of 2021 and throughout most of the first half of 2022, Meta maintained a fitness landing webpage for its Quest and Quest 2 headsets. The link to the landing page was prominently displayed as part of the front page heading on oculus.com. That fitness landing page featured Supernatural and Beat Saber, among other apps. And again... I've already talked about the fact that the businesses and marketing don't set the markets uh, for substitutes. Supernatural and Beat Saber, clearly different kinds of products sold to different people, sold in different ways. uh, And yet they want to use Facebook's marketing here against them. Uh, It's not awful. It's not as awful as some of the stuff that we've just gone over. Uh, But again, they're supposed to be doing the economic analysis here. Lack of countervailing factors. Defendants cannot demonstrate that new entry or expansion by existing firms will be timely, likely, or sufficient to offset the anti-competitive effects. The anti-competitive effects that you have stated are a whisper on a cloud of a dream of what Facebook might do. Were you in charge of that company and how them not doing that in the way that you would have envisioned hurts this particular brand of competition that would have had a meta and a within within it, and they can't discount that their buying of a company won't countervail the negative anti-competitive effects that you imagined in your minds. Okay. Again, I'm not a Meta fan here, folks. I'm not a Facebook fan. I'm not a Mark Zuckerberg fan. I have a video this week stating that I very much dislike what they did with their Meta Quest, formerly Oculus Quest product line uh, this week. Not a fan. And yet, I can't stand this, right? You did not and you cannot reasonably counter our dream state is no way to run a railroad. Once Meta, which also owns the Quest platform and App Store, entrenches blank VR-dedicated fitness through the acquisition, it will effectively raise barriers to entry and expansion as other companies interested in the space will understand that they need to compete with a deep-pocketed platform operator. You just said that it would be a good thing for competition if Meta were to join the field, and yet they won't stop being the platform operator. You are trying to not only have your cake, eat it too, but then eat other people's cakes that aren't even yours. Federal Trade Commission. So when we're looking at all of this and you feel like your brain is about to explode, it's because these are two pretty diametrically composed, uh, opposed arguments. And what you wind up with is an absolute gobbledygook of legal argumentation that is a shotgun at the wall to try to nail Facebook. So I said on Twitter yesterday that everyone should be worried. Microsoft and Activision should be worried. Every transaction that involves purchasing anything anywhere should be worried. But there is at least one countervailing, to coin a phrase that we just read, consideration. And that is, they might just hate Facebook. They might just hate Meta. We know that the Federal Trade Commission is currently looking at the Instagram and WhatsApp purchases well after the fact. We know that Facebook is persona non grata in a lot of halls of Congress and Washington, D.C. in general. And while I think that is an abhorrent way to treat the law, hey, we don't like you, and so thus we're going to do this bad thing about it, I do think that if we wanted to be more genteel towards the Microsofts and the Activisions of the world and everyone else and not think that the Federal Trade Commission has just completely gone off the deep end, then one thing that could explain this is that they just don't like Facebook. And that is evidenced, at least in part, towards the end of this document, where they talk about that fact, hey, Facebook's a platform operator. They can raise the shields up. They can advantage themselves. They're worried about that for other reasons that aren't really under the Federal Trade Commission's current purview, but you combine that with how Washington feels about Facebook and Meta, with the FTC's new burgeoning interest in having more people employed, regardless of whether or not that is effectively more competitive and gets better prices and more innovation to the people, and you wind up with this kind of document that at bare minimum seeks to expand antitrust law to a to a place that we have not seen before in the modern era of business transactions. Uh, and even the folks that are largely in favor of this understand this. So Matt Stoller, I believe, came into my tweets, my social media yesterday and said, yeah, of course, business people uh, are against this. Uh, and he writes a he writes a uh, Substack here, uh, a newsletter on the politics of monopoly power, which should tell you where we're going to be coming at this thing. Uh, but he starts out by saying he's writing about the first attempt in the U.S. to stop a big tech merger, which is just flatly untrue. We've got all sorts of things with Nvidia. We've got other transactions. I just said WhatsApp and Instagram are currently under uh, significant review. We've got deals that have been blocked before, but this is designed to express the importance of this situation uh, to Mr. Stoller. He explains some of what's happened here. He says Mark Zuckerberg just wants to be monopolist. And then he describes what the FTC is doing as follows. He says, the FTC is making two claims about why this acquisition is illegal, but also implying a few others. First, letting Meta acquire Supernatural would combine the makers of two of the most significant VR fitness apps, thereby eliminating beneficial rivalry between Meta's Beat Saber app and within Supernatural app. Uh, that's a straightforward structural argument, even though the market is ludicrous and Beat Saber and uh, Within's Supernatural app are not easily substituted for each other for this purpose. Second, if Facebook weren't allowed to buy Within, it would produce its own direct fitness app. So this merger is eliminating potential hypothetical competition. Such an argument about eliminating potential competition isn't something we haven't seen for decades. This is Khan and the FTC pushing the bounds of law, which is something that is risky But ultimately necessary and here's where i diverge entirely from mr stoller right the ftc is an executive branch agency if you're familiar with the way the united states works the legislature passes the laws makes policy the judiciary interprets those laws the executive branch executes those laws. They get the instructions from Congress. They do the things that Congress told them to do. But the judiciary has established for a very long time what the Clayton Act means, what the Sherman Act means, and Congress has not deigned to change it as of yet. In fact, they are considering changing it. That's the right way for democracy and our constitutional republic to actually function. Here, this person, Matt Stoller, takes up the helm of an activist, and says, well, it doesn't matter that Congress hasn't changed the law. It doesn't matter that there's decades of judicial interpretation of what the law says. It doesn't matter that none of this flows through a consumer welfare standard or even really abides by the horizontal or vertical merger guidelines that are currently active, regardless of the fact that they are being reviewed right now. It is necessary to go and stretch the bounds of law, to try to go find a court that will agree with your interpretation, however ludicrous. The commission also added towards the end of its complaint and observation that Meta could block new app producers from getting onto its platform. To be sold on the Quest store, it reads, Meta itself must decide to approve an app through a technical review and a curation process by Meta that examines quality, polish, entertainment, value, and utility. This can be a lengthy process, and there is no guarantee any third-party app will ultimately be approved. In other words, Meta will have the ability and incentive to block competitive fitness apps from getting access on equal terms on the key distributional channels it provides. I would also add that Meta could withhold good VR content, tools, and talent from competitive platforms such as the one Apple is rumored to be producing. And yet, we're all just imagining nightmare scenarios about what Facebook or Meta might do with market power that doesn't exist in a market that is so small as to be completely unnecessary to define in the broader context of either VR apps or VR hardware. There are a number of risks in this challenge, he admits. The virtual reality space isn't mature, so a lot of people will argue it is a small and irrelevant market, which it is. It's also completely in flux. Why can't the FTC focus on more important things than a niche video game? Isn't Microsoft buying Activision more significant? Yes, hugely so. I would say yes, but it's also a harder case. It is not harder than this. There are disputes over market definition. Is Beat Saber really a fitness app? No. Does Beat Saber and Supernatural really compete? No. They're using a completely different business model marketed to different people. Are there really market power issues at play here? No. Another argument here is that Meta is subsidizing the creation of virtual reality through its acquisition, so blocking this purchase will chill investment, as you heard me say as part of this video. Here's Benedict Evans, somebody on Twitter, making that point. Indeed, that is exactly Meta's claim in response to the suit, which we can pull up where they say the FTC's case is based on ideology and speculation, not evidence. The idea that this acquisition would lead to anti-competitive outcomes in a dynamic space with as much entry and growth as online and connected fitness is simply not credible. By attacking this deal in a 3-2 vote, the FTC is sending a chilling message to anyone who wishes to innovate in VR. We are confident that our acquisition of Within will be good for people, developers, in the VR space. And I don't really blame them, even though I don't think Meta or Facebook is a terribly good uh, steward of any of the industries that I'm otherwise either emotionally or monetarily invested in. You can still see that this goes beyond what the Federal Trade Commission has historically done. What are the broader implications, says Mr. Stoller? The FTC is using a creative legal theory in an attempt to expand the bounds of antitrust law in a way that opens more space for enforcers. The executive branch is trying to seize power from the legislative end, in all honesty, the judiciary, but they have to go through the judiciary to do it. The FTC could lose this challenge, and it is a risky legal move to go after an acquisition like this. Tiny, really new market, tiny. But whether the commission prevails is far less important than the cultural change among enforcers that is happening. For instance, the antitrust division has lost several important cases at trial recently, and yet paradoxically, that is a very good sign because it shows they are actually trying to push the boundaries of the law. No. No. When the executive branch agency loses whole sequences of cases, it is not a good sign that they are acting within the ambit that Congress has provided. While we do face a hostile judiciary, at least our public servants are finally back in the game. And case by case, using the law to contest concentrated power is how we remember what it is to be a free people. So Matt Stoller at the end here throws off any kind of neutral analysis hat opens up as an activist and says basically anything that advances, regardless of what the law says, is a good. And so we can pretty easily discount virtually everything that he has to say. That said, this is still a concern for everyone interested in this. We talked about the politics at play with the FTC. We talked about what Lena Khan as chairperson said would happen here. I have talked to other groups. I have talked to potential investors. I have talked in various aspects as people have become more and more curious about what will happen with this deal Microsoft times Activision and I can honestly say that more than most this event stopping a 400 million dollar acquisition of a tiny player in a tiny market in a tiny submarket of video games is the thing that puts me on highest alert so as i say in this thumbnail buckle up it's going to be really interesting. The Federal Trade Commission has now evidenced that it does not view itself as bound by existing judicial precedent and will advance whatever theory it thinks it can to try to get a court to go along with it. This has been Virtual Legality for today. If you enjoyed the conversation about business and law of video games, technology, movies, and more, please consider supporting the channel. We can't do it without support from viewers and listeners like you. We've got a Utreon. That's the best way to get us resources. We've also got Patreon. If you prefer that platform, otherwise just subscribing, telling your friends, subscribing, including through membership on YouTube, if that interests you, all those various things help YouTube. Let us know that we are doing important stuff and that you're liking what we're putting out. If you caught this on YouTube, thank you so much for watching. And if you listen to it as a podcast, thank you so much for listening. And I will catch you on the very next episode of Virtual Legality.